left. I could either let MS define me or I could make it my mission to make sure that uh, I moved every day. Dizren's Radio, episode 1014, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just a, a quick reminder that uh, it might be a new year, or at least recently it was a new year, uh, but one thing stays, the, lots of things stay the same around here. Who are we kidding? But one of the things that stays the same is that giveaway that I do at the beginning of each new month to pick a person to uh, win a 16 weeks free training plan. Uh, whether you got a race at the end you want to train for or just some help for 16 weeks to kind of get into a good groove that you can then take it and run with it from there. One way or the other, I pick a new winner at the beginning of each month. So get yourself entered because you can't win it if you're not in it. Where do you get in it? Dizruns.com slash giveaway or right at the homepage, Dizruns.com. Either place. It's really simple, really self-explanatory. You enter your name, you enter your email address, bada boom, bada bam. You are in the next drawing. Once you've entered once, you're automatically re-entered each and every month, therefore, as well. So enter once takes two seconds, and uh, maybe one day, may the random number generator smile upon you, you get the chance to work with me for uh, you know for, for 16 weeks for free. I think that's a good prize. I don't know. Maybe some of you might think that that's a terrible prize, in which case, don't enter your name into the drawing. I mean, that you know, not saying, but I'm just saying. Uh, but if you think having a, a free coach for 16 weeks might help you, whether there's a race at the end of it or whether it's just to get a little bit of momentum going into the new year or into the spring or the summer or the fall or whenever you happen to win and want to cash it in, because you don't have to use it right away. You can use it whenever you're ready for it. Uh, Dizruns.com slash giveaway or right there at the homepage, Dizruns.com. Any questions on that, let me know. Yes, it enters you into my email list as well. But I like to think that my emails are ones that folks actually look forward to reading because they're more like blog posts, never like a spammy newslettery type of sales nonsense. So hopefully good information, if nothing else, at least a, a cheap laugh once in a while. Uh, but the, the main thing, get yourself entered into, for a chance to win uh, the free training plan each month. So once again, disruns.com slash giveaway or click the button right there at the homepage, disruns.com and uh, may the odds ever be in your favor. But uh, now without any further ado, Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is a lady that uh, has logged a fair few miles over the years to help fight, uh, help to bring the fight to uh, multiple sclerosis in honor of her aunt. But that fight became much more personal after she was diagnosed with the disease in, uh, in 2020, so just a couple years ago. Um, in 2021, she was a member of the uh, MS Run the U.S. Relay team, and she had the uh, the honor, I guess. I would I would assume it's an honor. I mean, anywhere on the team is, is a pretty cool place to run. But when you get to finish, when you get to bring the exclamation point, finish the thing off in New York City, uh, that's a pretty cool thing to do. And she was the, the anchor leg of uh, the 2021 relay team. So looking forward to hearing more about that. Obviously, uh, some things beyond just the, the, the her experience with the, the relay in 2021. And, and who knows what else we'll get to. But uh, looking forward to today's chat with Ms. Elizabeth DeLuca. So Elizabeth, thanks for joining us and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Denny. I'm excited to talk to you today. 
Well, certainly looking forward to it. And, and y'all, if you uh, enjoy today's conversation and you want to kind of keep tabs on what, what Elizabeth has going on next, uh, Instagram, great place to do it at C underscore Liz underscore outrun underscore MS. So out or an underscore between everything except for outrun at C Liz outrun MS with those underscores strategically positioned. And as per usual, if you get your underscores out of alignment, uh, we'll have things linked up in the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 1014. Dizruns.com slash 1014. Uh, links to the social media, links to anything we talk about that makes sense to link to. Of course, some photos as well. So check that out if you're so inclined. Uh, Elizabeth, the way we always start off each episode of the show with a pretty simple question that uh, sometimes is an easy one to answer, sometimes it's a little more complicated, but one way or another, it gives us plenty of, of avenues to pursue afterwards and, and get the conversation flowing. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Um, well, thanks so much again for having me on the show. I have to say I'm a, I'm a really big fan. Uh, so I actually thought a lot about this question in <laughs> advance. Um, and I know uh, oftentimes it's pretty easy for folks. Um, for me, my, my favorite distance is one that I don't think that you hear too often. And uh, it's a quarter marathon, so 6.5 miles. Uh, and the reason um, that that distance is incredibly special to me is because it is uh, the first uh, distance race that I signed up for when I started my running journey in 2017. Uh, I'd also say that there's a bit of novelty behind the quarter marathon. Um, if you are a dedicated runner, you see a lot of 10Ks, 6.2. Um, so quarter marathon is a little bit different. Uh, and for me, if I hear that somebody is new to running, I'll always encourage them to run that distance because it's a little bit longer than a 5K, uh, but not as long as a half marathon or a marathon. Uh, although I do love those distances as well. Yeah, I always always enjoy when somebody brings a, a a little bit more of an obscure, a little bit less less mm -hmm. common race distance yeah. to the equation because, you know, yeah, for for better or for worse, like we've got our standard distances: the five k, ten k, half full, and then ultra world is just ultra world, and it's nonsense once you get beyond marathon. But, um, the you know, there's no reason that we can't have more. 12 K's and quarter marathons and 20 milers and just like kind of some of these, these odd distances. It, it, yeah. But I, I say all that to, I guess, to, to ask this question, how mm -hmm. often are you able to find a quarter marathon to, to run? Cause I feel like there, there, there's not, I don't there know if that many out there, not that I know everything of course, but yeah. I, do, do you struggle to find them very often? I do actually. Um, there it's interesting because when I started running, uh, I joined a uh, running club in Milwaukee where I live uh, as a way to uh, take a break. Mm -hmm. I was in business school at the time and I didn't think that I could dedicate uh, enough time to running a half marathon. So I signed up for this quarter marathon and you're absolutely correct. Most of the races that I see are 10 Ks, half marathons, five Ks, sometimes some things in between, but quarter marathon is a little bit of a novelty and harder to find. So when I see them, I'll always try and sign up for them. And I'm a big proponent of when it's safe to travel, uh, make sure that you're going new places to try new races. Yeah, it definitely. Lots of folks, myself included, don't mind a little travel to, to run mm -hmm. a race and see see a different part of the country or, you know, again, in, in uh, safe times when it's able to do so and, and all that good stuff, different parts of the world even to, to just experience different cultures and different cities and, and all that 
all that you can get when you, you put your running shoes on and, and you're out the door and, and you're able to go for anybody. And we'll get off this quarter marathon train. But like I said, it's, it's a novelty, novelty distance. Like I'm, I'm curious and mm-hmm. a little bit intrigued. Um, we'll get off of this this topic here in a minute. But but uh, for those that, that are open to the idea or may, again, maybe intrigued or like, yeah, that sounds like a fun race or maybe know somebody that could be a little little uh, gateway drug into some longer distance type of, of running events. Um, any any races like I said, feel like you found a couple races you can shout out that that have or at least have had in the past quarter marathons that people might look into if they're they're interested in that distance? Yeah. So um, as I said, uh, I live in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin area, and there are a, a couple here. So I would encourage uh, folks to kind of check those out. Uh, and I think there are some others uh, around the country. But if you go to, you know, good old Google, you mm. can find those. Um, but as I said, my first race was here in Milwaukee, um, for a race that they actually discontinued. Um, but, uh, I know that quarter marathons are popping up all the time. Well, good, good. Always, always on the lookout. And, and that, you know, one of those beauties of a, a, a different race distance is it's a guaranteed PR. So if you, if you get to mm-hmm. the point where you haven't PR'd in a while, maybe, uh, you know, like your faster days, you're thinking the fastest days are behind you pick a, you know, find a quarter marathon, bada boom, bada bam, there's a PR. And now you're, you're racing against yourself currently for the next few years. And you, you might even uh, bring it down a little bit lower as it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Elizabeth, what's, what's your, uh, running history? Like, like you kind of said in the intro, um, you've been, had been running for, for multiple sclerosis causes for, for a little while yeah. before you got diagnosed, diagnosed, but has, has running always been part of your life or something that, that kind of came upon semi more recently? Like, like, where'd you get started in the sport? Yeah. So, um, I have a confession actually to make, so I did not grow up an athlete. Um, (laughs) and, uh, my path to running, uh, is far from traditional. I would tell you, I was actually the girl that always ducked out in gym class during the presidential fitness test every year. I knew exactly when it was because I always timed it to having a cold that day. Um, (laughs) I was, I was certainly a, a really late bloomer, uh, to running. And as I mentioned before, you know, I found running, or I would say more appropriately, it found me when a gym in my area was hosting a run club. And at that point, I just started business school. I needed uh, a bit of an outlet to make sure that I was um, not studying all the time because it's always good to take a break. Uh, And I joined and I was really hooked on it, mostly because uh, I love a good party. And uh, I found that there were a lot of good parties after uh, the run clubs uh, every week and, and races are over. So I had found a kind of handful of races in 217 kind of starting at that point. Um, and to be really honest with you, I'd never imagined that, uh, I would do an ultra, uh, in my life when I started. Um, cause as I said, you know, I started with that queer marathon distance, uh, six miles and, uh, now it just seems like such a short distance, but that was kind of a little bit of my background, um, in terms of how I got started with running. Um, and, I would say up until I did get diagnosed with uh, MS, uh, running was kind of a bit of a a bit of a hobby, and it's certainly turned into much more of a passion for me now. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to to getting into that mm-hmm. a little bit more as as we go. Yeah. But but first, um, I, I'm always curious about the kind of that first introduction into running. Um, mm-hmm. Was it something that 
I mean, I, I get the idea of enjoying the the, the post, you know, post run, mm -hmm. post race party type of situation. Sure. Uh, but the running itself was it was it something that that also kind of clicked at the beginning, or was it a bit of an acquired taste? No, um, I I would go as far as to say uh, I really disliked running <laughs> to begin with. Um, really disliked it. I was um, kind of always the person showing up to run club just on time, if not two minutes late, uh, I was, and still am, um, you know, sort of back of the pack runner. Uh, I would also say I have so much respect for those people who run an eight minute mile. Uh, that is not me, but please know I am your biggest cheerleader. So running for me certainly became an acquired taste. And what I found like with many things is, practice and showing up you will see results and progression and once I started to see a little bit of a progression that's when everything started to click so our first run we ran a half a mile and I was completely out of breath and I did not want to come back and the only reason that I had come back uh the next week was because you know as I said you you get the opportunity to meet some folks and it just so happened. I had met, uh, another person who was back of the pack running like I am. And we had kind of made a deal like you show up next week, I'll show up next week. So it created an accountability to make sure that I would go, but yeah, certainly running became an acquired taste, uh, for me and, has not always been my favorite thing. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It was definitely mm -hmm. uh, not something that I enjoyed for for years, but for various reasons, you kind of stick with it, whether it's the health and fitness type of thing or something to do or or whatever. Um, if it's the post race post run party, I mean, whatever whatever right. it takes, and and you have that little bit of of accountability, a little bit of well, I'll do it if you'll do it, because Lord knows, mm -hmm. no no bad decisions have ever been made because I'll do it if you'll do it. Um, right. Yet. Thankfully, when it comes to running, that tends to be one of those good decisions that, that comes out of that peer pressure situation. So mm -hmm. you, you, you get into it, you run that first race. Um, cu curious to hear more about kind of how you like some of the early days of your running. I, I feel like you, you had mentioned something before we got started about um, your aunt being diagnosed or your aunt having yeah. uh, multiple sclerosis and kind of running in, in her honor and, and helping to raise some money for for her. So what were what were some of those those early fundraising efforts, I guess, uh, and early introduction to, to multiple sclerosis like for you? Yeah. So um, my aunt, my aunt Judy, uh, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in, in 2010. Um, and I know probably a lot of folks um, that are listening have kind of heard some some other runners talk um, from the MS Run the U.S. relay team. Uh, but multiple sclerosis, it is a disease that impacts both your brain and your body. Uh, and for me, I wanted to start to raise funds for my aunt um, in hopes to aiding with some research. Because uh, 10 years ago, research within multiple sclerosis uh, was much different than it is today. So in 2010, I started doing just kind of various events through the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. They've got some stair runs, uh, just some other kind of fun walks, and then also some bike runs, some other social events. So from 2010 uh, 
through 2020, uh, I had participated in, in a variety of events uh, across the country, um, depending on where, where I was living. At one point, I was kind of moving around quite a bit mm -hmm. for my job. So um, prior to running with MS Run the U.S., I had raised um, probably about over uh, $12,000 um, in that time. Uh, and then certainly added to that when I had um, started being uh, a member of the MS Run the U.S. Uh, relay team for 2021. Gotcha. So my, yeah, my runs, I would say, were were super limited um, leading up to uh, 2020 or 2021 um, and much more like fun social events. So walks, bike rides, things like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and obviously, you know, money going mm -hmm. to a good cause doesn't matter how, you know, doesn't, it doesn't have to be something super structured or anything like that. I was just, just curious kind of how that all, all played into the equation. Um, so, so going back to, to 2020 then, so you're, you're yeah. getting into, into running, you've run some races, you're, mm -hmm. you're enjoying it, um, doing some, some things, whether they're more quote unquote fun events or whatever, but you're raising sure. money through, through running as well for your, for your aunt. Um, when, when did, uh, it become apparent that something wasn't right with you that ultimately led to the your diagnosis of of ms in, in 2020 yeah so you know i'd obviously mentioned that um leading up to 2020 i had been raising funds um for multiple sclerosis in honor of my aunt and then um on may 15th 2020 i woke up and i was paralyzed and blind on the left side of my body. Um, and it's really interesting when I, when I tell folks the story, cause a lot of questions that I'll get are, well, what were your symptoms leading up to, uh, waking up that way? And to be very transparent with you, I didn't have anything, uh, that led me to believe that when I woke up that morning, something was going to be drastically different. Uh, it was, in certainly the the heat of COVID, the start of COVID, um, especially where, where I lived um, in Wisconsin, we're a little bit behind kind of some of the other folks on the East Coast. Uh, so everything had, had shut down. I had been working from home and, you know, on the 14th at about 5.30 Central Standard Time, I shut down my computer, ate dinner, watched, uh, you know, a TV show, movie, went to bed, um, and then woke up the next day in a state of panic when I couldn't see and I couldn't move. Uh, so nothing kind of led me to believe that uh, this was coming. Uh, and then two weeks uh, went by and some doctor visits, a lot of tears, uh, many, I would say, sleepless nights, uh, and a trip to the Mayo Clinic, uh, confirmed, uh, that I had multiple sclerosis. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. And I, and I, I, I'm glad I resisted mm -hmm. the, the urge to yeah. ask, you know, what kind of question or what kind of signs and symptoms that you may have had before, because, it, you know, one thing I've learned from talking to several folks that have been on, mm -hmm. on last year's team and, and, you know, especially those that have that personal connection with, with multiple mm -hmm. sclerosis is that every, you know, I mean, and it makes sense that every, every, yeah. everybody's case is different. Like it's all unique. It's not, there's nothing blanket. There's nothing uniform that everybody that has the disease has these exact signs and symptoms. Um, 
but it's certainly from from several of those conversations that spring to mind um it seems like there was you know at least after the fact able to kind of connect some dots and be like oh these were these were maybe some symptoms or these are some things that that you know you you, you dismiss for any of a dozen reasons um yep. but then after the fact you're like oh well maybe but but i mean i just mm-hmm. can't imagine the 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 waking up mm-hmm. you go to bed everything's fine you wake up and yeah. Nothing is fine. I mean, I guess maybe half the body is fine, but that's that's splitting hairs and, and making a bad joke right. out of the situation. Like that's like yeah. really like holy crap, what is going on? Um, and, and I guess I don't know. I don't know what the question is, other than mm-hmm. you know, as as that process is playing out. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming probably running isn't the, the the first thing on your mind, but you know, w- when you start to connect some of those dots, you get the official diagnosis. Um, like how how what role, if role, did running play throughout that that process? Yeah, so um, I would say a couple of interesting points. Um, You're exactly right. Uh, For MS, everyone is different. Uh, The disease is is cruel in the fact that, you know, it is a disease that can be a phantom where it masks as other things. You know, I talk to a lot of people and they'll tell me that, you know, they thought they had restless leg syndrome or... um, they thought it might be Lyme's disease. So it masks as a, a variety of things. Um, you know, I even know with my aunt, uh, leading up to, to her diagnosis, she went un, undiagnosed for about 10 years. And um, part of that reason was because she was in a car accident. And when she was in that accident, um, part of her, her spine was um, compressed. So they thought all of the sensations and pains that she was having was due to that car accident. Um, but you had asked specifically, you know, what role running played. And, um, you know, I had mentioned that there were a lot of sleepless nights after I was diagnosed. And I had been sitting in my neurologist office in Rochester, Minnesota. They read my scans to me. He gave me the diagnosis. And then he looked me straight in the eye and said, Elizabeth, I want you to remember this is something that you have. This is not something that you are. And the first month I experienced, you know, so many feelings. I was, you know, angry, sad. I was in a lot of fear. I had just graduated from business school uh, that May before. So I had felt as though I had everything at my fingertips and things were just being kind of taken away. And one of the things with with MS is that, you know, you can wake up one day and not be able to move. So my journey back to movement really came through through running. And I felt as though I had, you know, a choice. I could either let MS define me or I could make it my mission to make sure that uh, I moved every day. So that is kind of how I took up running, like to tell people that, um, you know, the movie Forrest Gump, where he's just kind of sitting on his porch and then decided to run. That's kind of what happened for me, especially with everything being shut down in the pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's sad to say a good point, but like, yeah, you mm-hmm. didn't have many options for movement at that, at that time. You know, if we, if we can remember back, not that it was that long yeah. ago, but sometimes it feels no. like it was forever ago. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that was it, you know, like, like that was, that was it. And of course you talk to enough runners and, and you, everybody 
kind of somewhere along the lines will get to there. Or most people will that man running mm-hmm. is just such a it's, it's that movement is so necessary for so many factors, mental, physical, et cetera. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, when that's then that's kind of the option um, or that's kind of the, maybe the best option and, and something you can can keep doing, um, you know, I guess I guess you just lean into it because what choice do you have? Absolutely. And I would say too, you know, you had mentioned, you know, everything was sort of shut down with the pandemic, travel was limited. And, you know, lots of times you'll get, you'll get news and you'll just kind of want to, want to escape or do something different, right? Take a trip, clear your mind. Uh, Running for me became very much an escape um, and kind of respite from my, my day-to-day symptoms and managing my symptoms. And when I started, uh, I was not, I was not even running those quarter marathon distances. Um, I ran a mile. Um, and then I made a promise to myself to run a mile every single day for that month. Um, because I felt as if I could kind of control that. Um, it gave me the opportunity to move my body bring back a sense of control when I felt like I was really losing control. Yeah. And, and, you know, hearing it that way, um, Mm -hmm. all I can think about is, is whether, whether or not all of us are control freaks, like Mm -hmm. there are certain things in life that we, we, you know, we quite frankly, probably take for granted of having control over And, and something as simple as, you know, movement going out for a run, um, I mean, that's probably one of them. Like, I don't, I don't know that I think about the control that I have over my life to just, you know, get up in the morning and go run every day. But when you're, when you're faced with the fact that that could be taken away from you by golly, mm-hmm. like every run is, is that much sweeter, that much more, more precious and, and something that, um, you know, for, again, for, for myself and for a lot of folks, like our runs are somewhat non-negotiable, but, but I can mm-hmm. only imagine that it becomes incredibly non-negotiable at that point, because who knows what, what tomorrow might bring. And, and maybe today's run is the last one is, is not nice to think about as that might be. Yeah. And I think one of the things is, you know, for me, when I got up to run and, you know, move my body, I did it because it was um, something that I could do to kind of nurture and love myself. Um, And I think lots of times, you know, you'll talk to people that, especially now, um, you know, I'll take up exercise because I want to change my body. that's not the case. I wanted to get up and move because I loved the state that I was in at that moment. And I wanted to do something that would be good for me, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. At what point did, uh, the MS run the U S relay kind of come on, on your radar? Was that something you had been familiar with or known a little bit about beforehand or, or where did that kind of enter the, the, the scene? Yeah. You know, it, life is funny um, because as I had said that I had um, I'd been running or excuse me, I'd been raising money for uh, multiple sclerosis for 10 years and I had been following the organization and um, I had actually applied um, in terms of filling out the application prior to my diagnosis. Um, For 2021? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had um, been following the team. Uh, I knew that I was going to apply to be on the 2021 team. And then it's just interesting that it coincided with my own 
diagnosis. Um, and I, I think that the organization does so many great things. Uh, and I think that, you know, kind of raising awareness in a different way um, and kind of showcasing how many of us on the team with multiple sclerosis do have a, a fulfilling life um, outside of the disease um, and, and with the disease. So yeah, I had, I had found out about it um, a while before that, was planning on applying, and then kind of my, my whole life got flipped up, upside down, and it was really the catalyst to make sure that I did apply. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I don't... I don't know if, if you've done mm -hmm. this this mental gymnastics beforehand or or not, and and maybe it's a dead end question, which Lord sure. knows I've asked a few of those over the years. But the mindset when you're planning to fill out the application and get things going pre diagnosis versus the mm -hmm. mindset after um, the diagnosis and like, all right, well, I'm definitely doing this, at least definitely applying. Like, was there was there hesitation? Was there what like like did it, did it steal the reserve, steal your reserve? Did it, did like, like what was, again, I don't know if you, if you've ever thought about it or can really even put it into words, but the mindset pre and post diagnosis about this, this challenge that you were trying to get yourself involved in. Yeah. Um, so for me, I am a person who lives in the pursuit of a perpetual challenge. And I always have this divine restlessness to try new things. Um, and what kind of the application process prior to a diagnosis and then within a diagnosis, um, I did flip back and forth. Uh, and it was a bit of this kind of rocking chair theory in the back of my head. Um, and also, I would say a little bit of, um, I don't know if dread is the right word, but awareness, because, you know, you are getting yourself primed and ready in the state that you are in. And as you said before, kind of your life could change in, in a year from now. So I would say that it was a combination of, I need to do this because in many ways, I'm not sure kind of what the state of my health will look like in August, 2022, um, you know, 2023 and, um, it did also very much with the training, um, and I've said this to other folks on my team. It it gave me it gave me something to believe in um, because the days the days can be hard. I can wake up and I can have a pretty bad flare um, and not want to go running. Um, but I will be very honest with you: I didn't miss one training day. Not all training days were good, right. um, but I didn't miss one. That's that's impressive. I mean, you know, and I feel like I've said this to, to some other folks, whether it was it was with mm -hmm. MS Run the U.S. folks or not. But like, yeah. I mean, anybody to go through a good training cycle and never miss a day. That's mm -hmm. that's impressive. But to to fight through a flare, to fight through um, winter weather in Wisconsin, shoot. I mean, I grew up in Northern right. Michigan. I know, I kind of know what you deal with during the winter months. Like it's not, Absolutely. uh, it, 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 I don't know. So I sometimes I complain about the heat and humidity of Florida in the summertime, but I willingly choose this over winter, winter in the Midwest. Um, Absolutely. but, but yeah, to, to stay on track, to not miss a day, uh, that that's impressive. And, and speaking of the, the training, mm -hmm. um, 
how did I mean you didn't miss a day, so it went it went somewhat well. But but how how did yeah. it go? What was I mean I'm you know I, I I know that training for some of these these long distances these ultra type of events. I mean it it can become a grind. Like and and, yeah. and to a certain extent, there's no shortage for time on your feet getting your miles. Mm-hmm. Like like you got to balance it, of course, but you you got to put the work in. How did how did the the training cycle go for you? Yeah. So for me, uh, training training was challenging. And part of that is, uh, my weekdays are just packed with things for work. So if I was doing runs, um, during the week, they were happening starting at four fifteen in the morning. Um, because as I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those fast runners. So I needed to make sure to give myself enough time on the road. Uh, most of my training was actually on the weekends. Um, and some of my other teammates were able to kind of space things out for me. I, to reach my miles, uh, was doing, you know, 20 mile runs back to back Saturday and Sunday, um, 35 miles one day, um, you know, 20 the next. And I did, I, I did train a little bit over, um, some of the, the recommended, um, distances only because I needed to see kind of how far I could take it to get a sense for my body. So I worked with, uh, our coach on the team to make sure that my schedule, uh, in terms of miles was kind of congruent with what I needed to, to hit that I was being safe. Um, and actually, you know, a funny story that I can share. Um, at one point, I was I was traveling again, and I needed to um, get some miles in. And I had a layover in the Detroit airport. So I don't know if you've ever been to that airport. Um, it's got a pretty long, mm-hmm. long uh, distance um, in the the terminal. So I had um, asked somebody to watch my stuff, and I just went to the top where the tram was, and just kind of sprinted back and forth. So I would tell anybody that, um, you know, you need to be ruthless with your prioritization and have a lot of creativity to stay on track. Yeah. A little bit of, a little bit of creativity, especially when mm-hmm. things aren't, aren't in the normal setting. So when you're out, like, I mean, as we're recording this a couple of days before Christmas holidays, so like the holiday period, sometimes yep. you just got to get, get creative when it's spring break, when you're traveling for work or whatever the case might be. Um, I don't know. Some where there's a will, there's a way. Might be a little bit too glossing over it, but a lot of times, like that's what it comes down to: is having the will and the creativity to get it done. Absolutely, and I think one of the things is you know, decide what you want to do, um, and that that sense of there's a will, there's a way. Um, showing up right is part mm-hmm. of uh, is part of training, and I would I would argue to say that that's the biggest part of training, whether you're you know, driving to a track, um, planning your schedule on Saturday morning, it's really easy to say 15 more minutes and then 15 turns into 20 and mm-hmm. then, oh, you missed your window to run, you'll, you'll hit it the next day. Um, but if you make a, a promise to yourself, a promise to your teammates, it's that accountability and the opportunity to kind of show up for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you're un, un, unknowingly, at least I hope unknowingly, calling me out from this morning. Like I just was sitting in the in the kitchen for like an hour before I made it out the door. Thankfully, my schedule wasn't booked enough because of Christmas holiday stuff and 
you know, my, my wife and daughter are both on their, their, my wife's a teacher. My daughter's obviously in school, but like they're on Christmas break. So there's a little more flexibility to, to still get the run in, but yeah. Um, you know, being, being focused and, and yeah, it's easy to, to bleed 15 minutes and then 15 becomes 30 and 30 becomes an hour. And then if you, if you do have a hard something in the way now, now that run is lost. So you just gotta, gotta get it done some days. Absolutely. And I think too, for me, it's like, Oh, that, that nutrition training schedule as Mm. well. Oh, I didn't eat. Well, Mm -hmm. now it's too late. I have to eat now. And then you want to wait a few minutes. So I think for me, um, you know, sticking to a schedule as much as possible, um, really helped me in my overall run and kind of training purposes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you get to, uh, to August, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, you've gone through the training, you haven't missed a day. They haven't all been, been perfect. They haven't all been beautiful, no. but you, you got them done. You ticked the box, you kept mm-hmm. moving things forward. Um, waiting for the person to, to hand you the, the, uh, the metaphorical or maybe even literal, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever asked if there's a, a literal baton that you're carrying, but uh, the metaphorical mm-hmm. baton to, to yeah. begin the, the march towards, uh, uh, New York city. Um, yeah. what's going through your mind? Like the day before you like tomorrow's tomorrow's go time. Uh, what are you thinking? Are you confident? Are you feeling prepared? Kind of all the emotions, like what's, what's going through your mind at that moment? So I would say a variety of things. So a lot of emotions, um, you know, the, when, when you're training for, I would say any race, especially a, a long race like this, um, it's months leading up and, you know, making sure that you are just treating your body with so much care, doing your stretching, good nutrition. So you're kind of going through the, the checklist. Um, and it is a little bit of anxiety excitement, uh, and kind of, kind of everything in between. And, um, I think the item that I would say is I didn't really know what to expect, which in some ways was really good because I think sometimes as runners, we can kind of psych ourselves, um, out for that, um, and just be really worried. And, you know, when you start, um, you're starting and I think, the thing for me is I knew that I had trained enough physically. It was also making sure that while I was on the road, I continued to train my mind, reminding myself that I'd prepared for this. Anything that was going to come my way, I knew that I could handle or I knew that I could figure out how to kind of pivot. Um, The third day was the hardest day because with my training schedules, all of my long runs were two consecutive days. So that third day, um, was really when I needed to do those mental gymnastics. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I I talk sometimes with the athletes I coach or just even on the podcast Mm -hmm. in general about, uh, kind of that uncharted territory. And a lot of times it it comes into like in marathon training, just as an example, but like maybe you get to 20 miles or maybe even 21 or 22 miles in your training, but you very rarely do you get to 26.2 miles leading up to the race. And so it's just, it's, it's how you handle that uncharted territory between this is what I've done in training. And now there's a handful of miles, or maybe it's a 10 K or maybe it's even a little bit longer that, that Mm -hmm. you get through on race day. Um, and I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, the, the first couple of days, you know, relatively, you kind of know, you know, even if there were some, the runs are maybe a touch longer, but at least, you know, you've done back to backs. Like you kind of know how that, that process goes. Um, Absolutely. 
I'd imagine those last four days or five days, uh, yeah. that's, that's a lot of uncharted, that's, that's more than a 10 K of uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a lot of uncharted territory. So how did, how did things shake out over the, the, the course of those last, you know, four or five days of haven't, haven't done three days in a row, haven't done four days in a row, still got a few more days in a row to go. Like, like physically, mentally kind of, how did, how did the, the last few days go? Yeah. So, um, as I had said, um, you know, day three, day three was really tough for mm -hmm. me because the, the high that natural runners high mm -hmm. and excitement that you have for the first two days kind of, kind of wears off. And for me on the third day, I was extremely lucky because, uh, segment, uh, 18 runner, um, was in the area um and he and his wife um came to run with me mm. uh that morning so i had kind of that built in support and then i would also say that certainly our road crew um was incredible i can't can't say enough about the support that they gave along the way but um in terms of kind of how i got through it I just kept telling myself, you know, one foot in front of the other. Uh, for me, finishing is winning. And what I had done in terms of kind of my strategy was I had banked a little bit over marathons the first two days. So on that third day, the distance was a little bit less. So it gave me some of that kind of mental relief. And then, you know, I was dealing with, um, I wouldn't say injuries, but a little bit more kind of bumps and bruises. So made sure at night, um, get in the ice bath, do my stretches, fuel appropriately. Um, but yeah, days three, four and five, um, were the hardest, uh, and then kind of leading into the end, right. You know, that the finish line is coming. Right. Um, and on my last day, I was um, able to have banked my miles enough that my last um, kind of run segment was uh, just a little bit under a half marathon oh, wow. to get over um, the George Washington Bridge to New York City. Well, yeah, that's that's banking a lot of miles. If, if, yeah. if the last day is only, uh, you know, 13, yeah. 14, something like that, that's mm -hmm. that's. That's pretty good. And, and, you know, yeah. you, I hear you, you, you kind of explaining just kind of the, the, the overview of the, the seven days. And I, I can't mm -hmm. help but think it's, it's the same thing, you know, whether it's a marathon, a half marathon, whatever, but it's like the beginning of, of a race, like yep. you're fresh, you're excited. There's excitement. Mm -hmm. There's maybe sometimes electricity in the air, whatever. And, and you go out and, and, you know, the first, whatever, maybe quarter of the race, something like that, usually pretty good. Then there's that yep. middle section, um, where mm -hmm. you still have a long way to go. Right. But you're also still not fresh anymore. And it's like right. you just kind of got to grind through it until you get close enough to the finish line, whether it's the last couple miles, whether it's the last five miles, whatever, wherever you kind of feel like, all right, we're over the hump. And like, mm -hmm. you know, now, now we're getting close um, as as you were getting over that hump, as you're getting closer to to New York City and, and ultimately the finish line. Um, I, I got to feel like there had to have been um, and, and maybe that kind of helped lead to banking the miles, but just a a, a, a big emotional boost of like, it's getting close and kind of like almost that feeling towards the end of a race of like, I can do this now. Like the worst is behind me. Um, yeah. the finish line is getting closer. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, every day 
brought another sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. So after day three, um, you know, is interesting because your body just got, my body just got so acclimated to kind of being on the road. Uh, and, and I would say too, certainly with this race versus other races that I've been with, um, the course is, is charted, but you know, there's no sanctions within it. So you have to have incredible focus, um, which I found very helpful because that kind of very much direct, like one foot in front of the other, here's where I need to go. Um, push allowed me to kind of get over that mental hump of, well, you know, I have over a hundred miles left or when am I going to cross into New Jersey from Pennsylvania? So being really focused was also really helpful for me and being present, I would also say as well. And I don't think that you get to do that all the time when you're in a formal race, because, you know, lots of folks have their earphones in, you're, you're waving at people, you're getting your water, you're getting your goo, all of that. So, um, that was really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, that again, that's another little, a little thing that, that is easy to overlook. Like you said, being present on race day, like even, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that runs with my, my headphones. Like I, I'll, I'll admit it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I feel like that's really helpful. Um, but there are definitely times when if, if you get too lost in what you're listening to or too lost in whatever the thoughts are going through your head, whether you're, you're listening to anything or not, um, and you're not present, like, like sometimes that's an okay thing, but sometimes you, you, you can really, I don't want to say screw up your race, but like, you know, if you, if you let your pace drift because you're not paying attention because you're, you're kind of just lost and not present, you know, that can lead to goals not being hit or fueling windows being missed. And then that can compound later in the race. And it's certainly something like this multiple days or even just any type of longer ultra or even marathon. Um, you know, if if you miss some of those things that, that kind of need to be done because your, your mind is wandering too much and you're not being present enough, uh, they can, they can, um, what's the word, uh, whatever they can, they can build up and they can become problems, you know, down the road. So, uh, managing that and staying present, definitely huge. And especially like you said, when you don't have the built-in mile markers or different mm-hmm. things that, that are kind of easy to help you check back in during a, a traditional road race. Yeah. And, and I would say too, and I think this is an interesting thing that, um, you know, with the, the race itself and kind of with the course, you don't have those built-in mile markers. And for me, um, maybe this was a, a novice move. Uh, I knew the distance, uh, but what I did not know um, in terms of kind of my own training schedule, or I shouldn't say I didn't know, I didn't plan for it, was the hills. Mm. Um, and I will tell you something, the hills of Pennsylvania, they are a real thing. <laughs> um so being present during some of those really high elevations um, mm-hmm. was really helpful to kind of carry me through. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So looking at it in the in the rear view, a couple a couple months away or a couple months yeah. removed now. Um, how how did I guess maybe first how was the recovery post uh, post event? Did it go relatively smoothly? Uh, recovery overall went well. Um, you know, I was a little bit more swollen than I thought, um, that I would be, uh, from that. 
I um, just really focused on stretching, making sure that um, I was still active, uh, relatively speaking. You know, I wasn't wasn't going to run another marathon on you know day ten, um, right. but making sure that I was walking around. Um, overall, I would say for me, um, it took me about two and a half weeks to recover fully. And I don't know if that is, um, you know, because of, because of my MS, I don't know if it, um, is because of maybe the heat, things like that. Um, but I am kind of back in business now, as you said, it's a, a couple weeks before, or excuse me, a couple days before Christmas. Um, so uh, I ran this morning and it was a good run. Good. Good. But well, I feel yeah. like, and, and uh, you know, again, just like, just like anything, it's, it's all unique and everybody's going to be different, but yeah. I feel like, you know, two and a half, three weeks after doing what amounts to, you know, whatever that is, 180 miles over the course of a week, something like that. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Like the recovery went pretty well. Uh, you know, I guess it could always yeah. go better, but that's, that's hard to, uh, to argue with too much. Yeah. Um, looking back on it, re refreshing or, or like reflecting, I guess is the right word. Um, mm -hmm. thoughts, takeaways from, from the event, what, what maybe stood out to you, what's going to be the lasting and maybe it's still, we're still not far enough removed and maybe it's still forming, but at this point, you know, what, what are your, your thoughts on, on the event overall? Yeah, I think, you know, the event overall for me, um, was a variety of items, right? It provided me, uh, a lot of purpose, uh, in terms of, you know, driving awareness for MS, raising funds uh, for research and those impacted uh, by MS. And that's something that, you know, as I said earlier, I am, I am truly passionate about. Um, and, you know, for me, as I said earlier, I never thought that ultra running would be part of my story. And what, you know, the race provided me, what the kind of organization provided to me um, was the ability to show up and allow myself to, you know, work hard enough to make that outcome unmistakable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever I, wh whenever I talk to someone about this, they'll always say, you know, how did you do it? Uh, and my response is always, you need to decide how badly you want something and, you know, proceed accordingly. I, I love it. I love it. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, and, and, mm -hmm. and maybe not, but, but, uh, yeah. assuming that there'll continue to be more that comes out of it as, as the time ticks by and, and you get a little bit, you know, further in the distance and you can really reflect back and, and, and everything that lead, led up to it as well, you know, not just the, this, the seven days, but the whole process and, um, man, what a, what a great opportunity and, and, just, I guess, hat tip and congratulations, Elizabeth, for, for getting it done. And it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you know, like I said earlier, you know, having MS means that you might wake up one day and not be able to run. So every day that I can run, um, I run and my goal is really to create more awareness and raise funds for research to find a cure. And, you know, research is the engine, um, to create change. Uh, mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, an MS diagnosis. Uh, initially, my life was over. But in reality, um, MS has been a catalyst to kind of leading my best life and 
um, making sure that I am taking every opportunity that I can. So I would encourage any runner who is um, listening to the show, uh, just get out there and show up for yourself uh, because you never know what's possible. So give yourself that opportunity. Mm, fantastic. And, and I, I doubt that too many people need that, that, uh, that extra little, little kick to the backside to get out there. Yeah. But, but again, we all have our days. And so when you, yeah. when you have that day, when you're not really feeling it, uh, hopefully this will be something that, that settles in the back of people's brains a little bit. And it says, oh yeah, that's right. I need to get out there because you never know. You never know. And, uh, as, as we're wrapping up today, Elizabeth, I'd love to, to give you one, one last question, um, sure. which, which I typically call the philosophical questions, but I'm not sure if this is really a philosophical question is maybe it's more of a philosophical call to call to action. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but would just be, be curious to, to maybe get your, your best sales pitch. Um, not necessarily for MS runs the U S although of course that's, that's one of the, the great organizations out there as well. But for those that maybe are listening to this and going, gosh, that sounds awesome. And, and, mm-hmm. um, would be on the fence about maybe doing t- some type of fundraising charity event de- in, in the future. Um, myself being one, although I, I have done one. So, so there's, okay. I, I, I'm not a complete novice to this, this whole situation. Um, sure. but obviously so many great organizations out there, so many great causes that need awareness, need funding and running is a great vehicle to, to, to help provide some of that awareness and, and, and some of that funding. So, um, as, as we're wrapping up, I guess, like I said, just kind of a, a, a sales pitch, if you will, for the, the good that can be done by runners running for an organization that's, whether it's near and dear to their heart or just something that, Hey, this sounds like a great cause. I'd love to support, um, the floor is yours. And, and that's what we'll wrap up for today. Um, so I would say that, uh, if, you are passionate about a cause. It does not need to be multiple sclerosis. It um, can be, you know, any of the other great causes out there. Um, find your purpose. Find what drives you. Um, for me, certainly, you know, my purpose is uh, raising awareness um, for MS, um, raising funds for research. Um, and what I found is that when your purpose is strong it is stronger than any excuse that you could make. Um, So, you know, find a purpose that drives not only your feet, but drives your heart uh, as well. And those long days and those long runs will become short on that. Um, So find what makes you happy, do what makes you happy, do what creates a sense of joy in your life uh, through running. So I would encourage everyone to um, get out there, get moving, get running again, you do not need to be uh, a fast runner. All you need to do is uh, take the first step. Mm. Love it. Love it. As per usual. And y'all, if you uh, enjoyed today's episode, again, at C underscore Liz underscore outrun underscore MS to follow Elizabeth on on the social medias. That's on Instagram. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1014. Dizruns.com slash 1014 is a link back to the show notes for today. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you uh, so much for taking the time today and cutting into the the holiday uh, period you. a little bit, but I, I certainly appreciate it and uh, uh, loved hearing your story and hopefully we can help motivate a couple folks to to stay active, to, to do some of those things and maybe even, like I said, myself and, and others, maybe jump back into the old uh, charity running uh, scenario at some point in 2022 or beyond and, and raise some money for a good cause. But again, thanks so much for today. Congratulations once again on uh, finishing off the 2021 uh, MS Run the U.S. Relay and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
All right, all right, all right. Thanks, y'all, for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Elizabeth and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. Uh, for me, it, it. I mean, there were several things, quite honestly. I ran out of room on my sticky note while I was taking notes while we were talking. Um, but uh, the thing that, that I think stood out the most and the thing that I'm going to go with is my, my takeaway for today is, is I don't know. And I don't want to make, make light of the situation, of course, but, but it, it almost feels a little bit cliche, but I think it's one of those things that we kind of need a reminder of every once in a while. And Elizabeth's story, like, I mean, brings it right to the forefront. And it's the idea that, uh, I mean, one day to the next, like things can change pretty dramatically. Uh, you know, whether it's, it's a, a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, whether it's, uh, you know, car accidents, whether it, I mean, just, I don't want to go down the laundry list of all the bad things that can happen that, that could mean that tomorrow we might not be able to run. Um, but, but the list is long and distinguished, right? And, uh, I don't know about you, but, but I know that one of the things that I definitely do is kind of take the future for granted, assume that tomorrow is going to be here and that, that things are going to be fine and that, you know, tomorrow is going to be just like today and I'll be able to get up and go for my run and get on with my day and drink my coffee and pet the dog and, you know, kiss my girls and like all, all of those things that, that I do every day. I'm just assuming that that's going to happen tomorrow. And, you know, for, for Elizabeth's situation with multiple sclerosis to have been, I went to bed one night, totally normal and woke up the next day, not normal. Uh, half of my, my, my body basically paralyzed and, and what the heck is going on? Um, I mean, just, just what a, what a, what a reminder of how precious good health is, how precious each day is and how precious, you know, from a running perspective, each run is. Even when they're not great runs, even when it's kind of a sucky run, even when it's cold and rainy or hot and humid or, or whatever conditions aren't the greatest and the things that you, that I don't prefer and maybe you don't prefer as well, um, it, it could all be taken away tomorrow. And as much as that doesn't, you know, I'm not saying we have to enjoy every single step and every single mile and, and, and every run have to, has to be, you know, sunshine and, and rainbows and unicorns and all that kind of thing, because we're, we're still human, right? But maybe just that little bit of perspective, that little bit of reminder that, that, uh, it's not guaranteed and, uh, it can, it can change in the blink of an eye. And I know that, that personally, I don't think about that as, as often as maybe I should. And so that was my takeaway today. It was just that, that reminder that, that we're all, you know, I mean, if we're listening to, if you're listening to this, if you have a device in your pocket, that's capable of listening to a, a podcast in the grand scheme of things, like we're pretty fortunate. And if, if we're able to run for leisure, as opposed to running to try to chase down food or running for safety uh, or things like that, we're pretty fortunate. And it's not, it's not promised. It's not guaranteed. It could all be taken away. So that was my takeaway. Just, just a little reminder of, of, of how great this running thing is and, and how fortunate I am to be able to do it and how I need to remember that more consistently than just when I'm talking to somebody who had, had things, had, had her world turned upside down in the time it took her to, to fall asleep and wake up the next morning. So that's my takeaway. 
What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also head over to the show notes for today. Elizabeth sent some, some great photos. Of course, we got everything linked up as well that we talked about today. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1014. Dizruns.com slash 1014 is the link back to the show notes for today uh, for everything. Cliff's notes, Ellen's notes, I guess. So she's the one that's taking it. Cliff doesn't do anything around here, but Ellen, Ellen keeps things on the rails for me, show notes wise. Um, you can check that out once again disruns.com slash 1014 and there's that comment section down at the bottom if you're so inclined want to leave some thoughts and feedbacks there happy to uh, engage with you in the comment section uh, one last time for the giveaway today disruns.com slash giveaway or if you head over to the show notes you can also click that home button it'll take you right to the home page and you can uh, get yourself entered into the giveaway uh, for the next drawing which will happen at the beginning of the next month which as this goes out is just about two weeks away first part of of uh, February, we'll, we'll pick a winner, uh, and you got to be in it in order to win it. And uh, you know, if you're listening to this in March or April or whatever, like the next month, we're going to do another giveaway. So get yourself entered at that time as well. Dizruns.com/slash giveaway. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks so much for the time and attention. Thanks for taking Elizabeth and I with you today. Hope your uh, 2022 is off to a good start. Again, if you're listening to this when this comes out in mid-January, the year is just getting started. So hopefully things are going well for you. Uh, and if there's anything I can do for you, give me a shout. Happy to try to help out or point you in the right direction or, or whatever. Offer some encouragement. Whatever I can do, I'm happy to do. And uh, y'all, until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.